episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Well, hello, Broads. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday Becca, from Tuesday. We have a monumental situation happening right now. Okay, yeah. I don't know if I think well the broads will know this especially if you're an OG broad but just historically we've never been able to have any sort of current contestant from the show on before and we've speculated on it like there was actually a whole situation where actually we were I'm trying to remember now it was shut down it was straight up like it was shut down it was straight up like they are not on the like they are not on the approved list like it was so, very clear that was what that was what we knew and that happened with multiple contestants, multiple by contestants. The way. so we so, have our very first current contestant our guest first on our first under contract, under contract. Yes. Is the important thing. Basically, we'll be asking him all the questions that he's not allowed to talk about, getting him in trouble. That's just like what we're going to be doing. So, we'd like to introduce you to Hunter. (laughs) Hi. Okay. Oh. Hunter. Yes. You specifically told us because we got it. I'm really like, I want to talk about this blacklist situation. You specifically said that we were the only. Tell us what the situation was. So as you guys know, um, I don't actually, I don't know if you know or not, but I've, I've been a little bit vocal about some of my, my edit and some of my, you know, mm-hmm. situation, if you will. Um, you guys were one of the ones that I submitted for. And after having a long talk with them, um, w- which was actually very, a very good chat, um, they approved y'all. Um, I told so them was the conversation I, specifically about us or no? It, well, <clears throat> I, I told them that, you know, look, there's <clears throat> there's some podcasts that have dragged me throughout the season. And I think that their intentions probably wouldn't be the best. But the broads have been super supportive. <laughs> some of their takes on me have even been like, yes, like, thank God someone is is recognizing like that I wasn't actually being malicious in that scene or in that situation i was just being dumb or whatever it is and and i told them that i trusted you and i think that for them they they understand that you guys are you know you're reputable and you're credible and also they kind of put it back on me and said if you trust them then then we will approve this so that's kind of how that worked and i i was Super pumped when I heard that. Wow. Oh, I mean, Hunter, you have really, you have broken down these walls and barriers for us by going to <laughs> bat for us. So. Yes. <laughs> so, sir, we deeply appreciate you. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm trying to do here in, in so many different ways for the, in, the, in, this, in the, this experience. Now, can you remind me again, by the way, because I don't remember because I broke all the rules after going on my season, mostly because like I just am filterless and I'm also like, oh, that probably doesn't matter if I say that. Stupid, 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 stupid. But <laughs> remind me again, like, what is it you're not ex- exactly supposed to talk about on the podcast? It's like you're not supposed to give like behind the scenes info, on, right? Like, I can't remember yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it has <clears throat> it has to do with pretty much anything that has to do with behind the scenes stuff. Um, as, it pro- as it relates to production, correct? As it, as it, yeah, yeah, as it relates to production. I mean, anything that context related, mm-hmm. you, you can't really go and explain that stuff. 
that's part of the, you know, that's part of the proprietary nature of the show. And I signed a contract as well as everyone else did that says you can't talk about that. So I think that's a big thing. Um, another thing would obviously be like, I'm, I'm close with, with all the guys, including people that are on current productions and shows. Right. And so they, they obviously don't want people running their mouth about spoilers or anything like that. Sure. Um, so that would be another thing. I, I, th I think for the most part, look, if, if you have common sense about what you say to people and not just media, but really anyone with, you know, with Reddit and all the other, I think if you have common sense, you shouldn't get yourself in trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there's a way to, to talk about things without breaking contract. So I have no common sense. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, honestly, when you're talking about the production, I'm like, oh, my God, that is a fine line that I would be so nervous. Like when I'd be asked specific questions outside of anything that's like bachelor run that I'd be so nervous that I would cross that line because like I, you want to give a good I mean, answer, I, I, but. I and they're pretty nervous. chill about it. It's like a, it's like they'll usually give you like reminders and like, hey, let's stay on track and like keep it to this realm. Um, I think people there is a there is a hunger, a thirst, if you will, uh, to know more always about what's happening and what yeah. really happened. And so I think to your point, they they gen generally they'll call you and say, hey you you need to settle down <laughs> yeah. so it, it yeah. they work with you a little bit there yeah and of course it's like so difficult to to be someone who has been portrayed in a certain way because you know it's like how can you not help but stand up and like defend yourself okay broads let's interrupt this uh this episode quickly before we dive into some amazing chats with hunter uh becca and i can tell you until we are blue in the face how important it is to prioritize your mental and physical health. But look, we get it. Life gets in the way. And between work and family and the other 100 things on your plate at any given time, putting your health and yourself first often just doesn't happen. But now with the help of plush care, you can have the tools you need to put yourself first. Yeah, truly. The main reason I let doctor's appointments slip past me is all the stakes, steps it takes leading up to the appointment. Oh, I hate so it. Much. It feels overwhelming. Um, that's the reason I love plush care. They make it really easy. Instead of waiting on hold forever, trying to get an appointment, you book simply and easily online. It's shocking to me how many doctor's offices still don't have online booking. Oh, pretty much none of them. <laughs> <sighs> instead of waiting weeks or even months also to see a doctor, you can get in as quickly as the same day. So instead of driving to an office in traffic and waiting in a stale, dimly lit waiting room straight from the 80s with magazines from the 80s, all the appointments are done online from your own phone or computer so it can fit seamlessly into your schedule in your daily life. And there's always appointments available too, which yes. is amazing because it is online. Uh, when you see a doctor on Plush Care, you can even have prescriptions sent uh, to your local pharmacy. And yes, bro, Plush Care accepts most major insurance and is available in all 50 states. Plush Care makes it easier than ever to take care of yourself inside and out. Start your membership today by going to plushcare.com slash chatty to start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash chatty for a free 30-day trial. That is plushcare.com slash chatty. So at the time we're recording this, uh, it's hardly an hour past lunch, but believe it or not, I'm already dreaming about dinner. Not to pat myself on the back, but 
I've been watching Evan killing it in the kitchen lately, really, uh, in the dinner department. Uh, tonight's going to be no different. Of course, I can't take all the credit. I have just been watching Evan. And I have to hand it to Green Chef, who has turned cooking dinner, something I dreaded watching Evan do, to an activity that I dare say I look forward to now. Listen, I'm not cooking the dinner. Evan's cooking the dinner. I'm working hard because I'm ordering Green Chef, and he's killing it with Green Chef. Well, same. And Gray's usually the one that cooks, but it's nice to have everything all taken care of and the meals all planned for oh him gosh. like it's really hard um and the prep is the worst part because you got to find a recipe online that could send you into a rabbit hole for hours just mm-hmm. trying to decide and then you have to go out you have to buy all the special ingredients and then you like end up wasting a bunch of ingredients Blech. but the green chef they take care of the meal planning they take care of the grocery shopping and they even take care of some of the food prep so you can get back to the fun part which is the cooking and the eating that's right each week you'll choose from over 30 different recipes they even have options for all sorts of dietary values and lifestyles like plant-based and keto Then Green Chef sends pre-portioned, partially prepared ingredients right to your door with easy-to-follow recipe cards. Tonight's dinner is a green pea falafel with homemade yogurt sauce and couscous salad. And like I said, my mouth is already watering. And yes, does Evan do most of the cooking via Green Chef? Indeed, because he's the better cook. But with Green Chef... I can make the meals just as well. And I impress mm. myself every single time I try. Yeah. Also, this is one of the best um, meal delivery services or meal prep delivery services that has really good options for um, vegans. Yes. That's affordable. So mm-hmm. got to shout that out. Go to greenchef.com slash chatty100 and use code chatty100. You're going to get $100 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash chatty100 for $100 off plus free shipping. And and really Wild. like... I'm not, and this is what I told them, like, I'm not as upset about like me saying I'm going to kick these guys asses and like talking about falling in love or sin. Like that's all fine. What I, what I wish would have happened and what I kind of rely on media like y'all is I wish I could have told my story a little more. I wish that we would have like seen who who I am. Cause who I am is not that like they, they didn't focus on, you know, like with Michael a, they focused on this mm-hmm. really wholesome and, and sad, but he's a, he's a fighter. He's an amazing guy. The most positive guy I know he's changed my life, but his storyline is one that impacts so many people mm-hmm. because of the, because of the losing a loved one, because of cancer, because of being a single father, because of running a nonprofit, like, his whole trajectory is very wholesome, but it's very impactful and inspirational. Mm. And I think that for me, um, you know, viewers look at my story that I told, like I, I went, I went and finally like told my recovery story and like viewers are seeing a side of me now that they're like, why didn't we get to see that? And I think that's what frustrates me more than looking like a tool or a, a jerk. It's that, I didn't really get to show who I am. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that could get positive impact, not just entertainment value, but positive impact Mm -hmm. from hearing that. Which, and of course, to productions, uh, to, to, to production, obviously, of course, it's like, it's like, yeah, you sign a contract going on the show and you sign a contract that they can portray you anyway. And so I have to give them that where it's like, yeah, of course, it's like anyone who does their own thing after and 
speaks out against production like they are breaking a contract that they signed and the thing is of course that abc is giving you a platform that then you can choose to use however you want and portray yourself however you want so that is kind of the interesting dynamic where i feel like people always talk about like and i've talked about it sometimes it's like oh production sucks whatever and it's like yeah but they put you on this show yeah that you signed up for that you signed a contract for and now you get a platform to talk about whatever the hell you want to thousands and thousands of people so you know it's like it's a it is an exchange, right? And in their defense, I mean, they are actually, you know, I, I hate to speak greatly of them, but they're, they're trying to help me figure out a way to, to tell that story. Right. Sure. And, and right. that's important. Like I've told them, look, if you feel bad at all or whatever, or you, you feel like I should have a chance to do this, like help me tell that story. And I think that was part of like, like me coming on here and some of the other ones is just being able to come out and, have people understand that like, I'm not this, this crazy asshole that's running around tackling people and telling them that they're, that what they're doing is pointless. And right. <laughs> uh, it's so not me. It's, it's so weird because I I'll meet people out and they'll talk to me for like two minutes and they'll just be like, it's so weird. Cause you're like, you're so much different. And right. I I'm like, ugh, cause you know, there's two and a half, million other people that don't understand that but right. well i mean when we were watching it and and it seemed at least from our perspective it seemed very clear that it was like okay obviously this is a reality tv show yeah you're looking for drama you're looking to have an edit that like has a peak of excitement or whatever and you right. never ever seemed that way and it was no, just like we also didn't see anything crazy like problematic on your end either no. it's like sometimes you do see that stuff and you're like yeah it's a reality show but also this person is like showing a side of themselves and it was like i don't even yeah. remember what you what <clears throat> bad thing you did on your season i yeah i mean i i'm a super i'm fan. sure you remember <laughs> oh yeah 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 Man. that was your big fault that was I, your i talked you know i talked to greg about which that's all very interesting um i can't uh i can't talk about any of that stuff but it's just funny the way that things get told and shown can um, i ask you can i ask you this question and again shut it down if you can't talk about it but um you were portrayed as like you know the super fan of the show i'm assuming that you were definitely not the only person on the show who knew what was going on yeah. So it's funny because I, I really like it's, it's, I made, I think I made the stupid move of letting people know that, right? Like I got coined as the bachelor historian in the house. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's what the guys called me, which is, I knew like when they started saying that it was going to come back to bite me, but um, I think it's, it's pretty evident that there were other fans for sure. Sure. Um, and I think that they probably handled that a lot smarter than I did. But at the end of the day, like as much as I understand, like, you know, like being in the pit and Reddit and the game and all that stuff, I liked Katie. I yeah. liked Katie. I liked Katie the minute that I saw her mm -hmm. on TikTok before she was even on the show. And mm -hmm. I was ecstatic when I found out that she was going to be the one and so regardless of like knowing the way the game works and knowing the ins and outs and understanding that like there is a competition to it, 
I did fall for her in that time. And uh, I think she's incredible. And, and, and I, and I think that there, you can have both, right? Yes. Like you can understand, like I'm going into a situation where I'm going to be away from my job, my kids, my entire life for up to two months. Like, do you expect me not to research that? Um, mm-hmm. And so I feel like you can do both, right? Like you can know what you're doing and understand like there could be a strategic element to it, but also you could really fall for someone and give someone your heart and like be authentic. And, and that's really what happened with me. And, and I don't know if that got conveyed or not, but. Hunter, I have to say, I feel a deep connection to you in the moment <laughs> of you saying this because I, exp- and, and you didn't see it play out at all the same on Ari season that I was on, but I experienced something really similar where I had been watching the show for years, keeping up with everyone, big fan, had always been like, I'm going to audition for the show, did it, got on the show. And I, I, I got this question so often coming off, like, did you even really like Ari? You know, people were like, oh, she faking it, whatever. I liked Ari the minute I met him. I was intrigued by him the minute I like, when he got announced, I was like, who the hell is this guy? But then I was like, okay, I'll keep an open mind. And I loved every second that I had with him on the show. Yeah. Um, but I had a similar experience where I, and, and I wonder if you feel the same way. I trusted the people that I was around. I trusted the other women in the house. I considered us friends. I had no intention of screwing anyone else over. I had no intention of sharing anything that anyone shared with me to anyone else. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't there to fuck anyone over or try to weaponize anything that anyone told me against them. I thought that we were all friends and yes, we were all pursuing a relationship, but you know, I, I trusted those people. And so I very similarly was like, who do you think is going to, you know, who do you think is going to make it to next week? Like, Oh, if one person goes home, that means that there's one more rose up for grabs. Um, who would you date after the show? And none of that had to do with my feelings. I was having fun yeah. with, with people I thought was my like, friends. For me, I, I think that like part of the reason that I had that conversation, like on the couch, that conversation had come up with other guys and that had brought it up to me. Of course. And the cameras saw it all. Like I got asked that by several guys before that moment. Like, and and so talking about that, I think it's kind of like the whole bachelor thing. Like, I think everyone talks about that or thinks about that. Like four people are going to meet this girl's, this girl's going to meet four guys, families. And if you haven't thought about if you're going to be one of those guys and who you're up against and what other families are going to of be course. there, like that's a lie. Or I, even I, thinking about like, what are my odds statistically if this person stays or this, like that's, that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's okay because here's the thing. Like I, as soon as I got home to my kids and I like looked around my condo and like the toys and like the sippy, the, the kids plates and stuff. I, I just realized like I had a lot of closure because I don't know how Katie, I don't know how I could have integrated her into my life. Mm-hmm. And as much as like we did have a connection and, and unfortunately the viewers didn't really get to see a lot of that. I realized at that point, like she made the right decision I made the right decision. Like this couldn't have worked. 
and yeah. it wasn't right for me. Um, and, and I was okay with everything. I mean, as, as soon as I saw my kids, I was, I was just, I was okay. Um, yeah. and, and that's another reason, like with, with paradise, like I keep, you know, well, I, I can't talk about that actually. Never mind. <laughs> never just, mind. Let's just put it this way. Like I could never it, it, leaving my kids was that was the the hardest thing about this entire experience. Um, the FaceTimes actually probably made it worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I had a comic book that my daughter had drawn for me that I had with me, and I can remember one night, like I think it was after after the the great debate or the roast or whatever. I remember like. I was putting my stuff up and that comic book popped out of my bag and I just broke down. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, am, I, I, I need to, I need to be with my babies right now. Like yeah. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here. Um, so it was almost kind of like that Michael moment. I, I, I broke down. I, I Connor knows, you know, Connor was there, but yeah, it's uh I have a lot of closure about that. Well, so let's talk a little bit more about you and about like your background and where you're coming from. And like, let's dive into yeah, all that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just that a lot of a lot of what I do online has to do with like mental health and, and recovery and addiction. Um, I, I grew up in a great family. I grew up probably getting more than what I needed, more than what I deserved. So it's not like I was in a broken home or there was violence or abuse or poverty. Um, uh, but I, I, I became addicted to drugs uh, from a football injury. Mm. By the time I went to college, so I went to college at UT in Austin. And by the time I went there, it was just, I was, I was a, uh, very highly addicted to, to opiates mm. and I just kind of spiraled, you know, I won't go into it. Cause um, if, if viewers really want to know, they can go watch the hour long Instagram live, but yeah, I mean, it was, and it wasn't like a case of I partied too hard. It was, I was a junkie, yeah. you know, I overdosed several times. I almost went to prison. I went to rehab twice. So for me, like, <clears throat> When I, when I say that, like, I had a drug problem, it wasn't like a recreational thing. It was a life or death thing. And I was able to, to go get the help that I needed. And luckily, like I had money to do that. And that's one of the things that I really, that I want to advocate more for is that I work with so many people um, in regards to interventions and recovery coaching and people there's a lot of people that aren't like me. They don't have parents with a bunch of money and it's just, it's a shame because they don't get that help. They don't get to go to rehab twice. They don't, you know, they don't have that option. And I luckily did. Um, and I, I've been sober since Oh seven. Um, congratulations. And I do. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I do a lot of stuff on the side, you know, my careers in software, but I do a lot of stuff in, in recovery. And so when, when I went on the show and when I met Katie, like I knew there were a couple of things that like I had to bring up immediately. The first one was my kids and I did, and she was amazing in the way that she embraced that. Um, I wish y'all could have seen more, but 
I think what's even more phenomenal is when I told her about my story, she teared up and she just like really just loved on me. I mean, she just, she really embraced it um, and made me feel so comfortable about it and almost proud. And Mm. that was just incredible. And I think that things like that, I, you know, for me, like what I try to do a lot of people shy away from talking about things like drug addiction or problems in their past. For me, like I shout it from the rooftops because there are so many people out there that are in the middle of that. Right. And they Mm -hmm. don't understand that there is actually a way out. And I think people need to hear that. Right. And so that's what was a little frustrating is that like people didn't get to see that Mm -hmm. people didn't get to hear that. And I think that, you know, when, like when I told my story on Instagram, I had so many moms and wives and husbands um, DMing me saying, thank you so much. I relate so much to this, or even people saying, I got sober today. I'm going to try this because of you. And like, Mm. it's just awesome. Like, and I, and I, I want to keep that going. I, I, and, and the other thing, and this is where me and Katie kind of connected even more. I mean, there was the week after I told her she surprised me with a vegan sobriety cake and she went sober the entire night. She, the whole Thomas night, she was sober. She didn't have a single drink. And that was in celebration of my recovery. Cause oh, when I'm so cool, that's really special. The, like the night that I met Katie, I turned 14 years sober. So oh, it wow. was like, it was just really, there's so much there. Right. And so when I read about people that are like, how did this guy get a rose? Like, how is he still here? It's just, you don't see a lot of that. Sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. Would you tell us a little bit more about your kids and sort of if you feel comfortable, I guess, like just your background after your recovery, just with like relationships and kind of like just where you're coming from, from that standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. So I got when I got sober, I was 20, which is really young. Yeah, I never legally drank, but I went back to school. I busted ass. I did really well obviously like I was completely focused on school, not partying. Um, but I, I think that what that did is it made me kind of, and I, I regret this a little bit, but I almost was in in a hurry to like live that grown up life. Right. Mm -hmm. My career took off. I was moving up very, very, uh, quickly in my company. And, uh, I met the love of my life in Austin and we, we moved to Houston. We got married Um, I knew immediately that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her and we had two precious little babies and, um, yeah. And and I talk a little bit about this on the show, but I think that, and you guys know this, like after kids come, things are just so much different Yeah, and you've really got to be aware of, of your relationship not only before the kids, but, but really after, because what happens is you go through all that all day and then you try to get them to bed and you finally get them to bed and you sneak out of the room. And then you're just like, ah, and you know, she's breastfeeding and I'm working my ass off. And it's just like, at the end of the day, we just want to fall over. And it's easy to just check out. Right. And just like, it is. And, and, and you, you forget you, you, there's, or you don't, I did. Right. So I I think that for me, like I forgot about, I forgot about that. And then I I was working just so much because 
I wanted them to have everything. I wanted them to have a great life. I wanted them to have the nice house. I there's, you know, the Facebook effect, which I fucking hate, but it's like, I want them to have all these nice things that these other people have and the, the white picket fence and just this mentality. And it's like, I worked so hard that I started almost, you know, prioritizing that over them. And this is what I said on the show, but it's like, I was literally destroying the very thing that I was building at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I lost track of that. And so I think that it's a, it's a combination of things, but w- once I realized that, and once we realized that as a couple, um, it was too late, you know, we had, we had come, we were so far downstream that like counseling and mm-hmm. just, just trying and trying and trying and trying, we, we couldn't get back. And yeah. And eventually, like, we realized, like, we don't want our kids to, to think that, like, this is what marriage is. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we don't want our kids to think this is what love is, because it's not. Um, We, we care about each other deeply. She's an amazing woman. She's an incredible mother. We focus so hard on co-parenting, and I think we do a great job of it. I mean, it's a, it's been, it's been rough. Um, but I, I, I'm grateful for her as a mother. Um, and, and I, I, I have so many regrets obviously when it comes to that, but it's just, it's just part of life for some people. I mean, it was one of our favorite moments from this season, I think is like, yeah, getting to see you be so vulnerable talking about that and just like completely taking responsibility for like the things that you could have done differently. And there's a lot of people that literally will never in their life on screen or off screen, take responsibility for the part that they've played in hurting people and damaging relationships. And that's not to say it's ever any one person's fault, but a lot of people just can't recognize the part that they did play in, you know, in like in painful situations. Yeah. So really commend you to that. I think that it's important, like the only way that I'll ever be able to be in another successful, serious relationship is for me to understand, like, I screwed up. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I, I don't take full blame for this, but at the same time, like, I would never, I would never talk about my ex-wife's it's like, that's irrelevant. You know, it's relevant when you're talking about the experiences, you know, like what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, so it's like, I think that like part of me is like, well, you shouldn't take all, all the blame for this, but you know, we're not talking about that. We're talking no. about me and for me to move on, I've got to understand, like I have shortcomings um, and I've got to be better next time. And that's all you're in control of. Right. It's like the only thing you're in control of is how you can show up in future relationships. And I don't know. I just think that that's really, was that easy? Like, how did you come to the point where you could like comfortably acknowledge the ways that you did fall short? Like that feels like there's probably a lot of journeying to get to that place. So I, I will say this, I'm a big fan of therapy. Um, I think we as a society need to normalize therapy. I think we as a society need to, to break that wall down and understand that like, that's okay. Like 
I go to the dentist because I do that to make sure that I take care of myself. And Maintenance. So you don't have to get to the point where you need like 12 root canals. And like, <laughs> right. right? And for me, <laughs> for me like a root canal psychologically is a, is a panic attack. Right. And mm-hmm. so like for me, I have to have therapy. Um, we, we did go to therapy a lot. I, I've been to therapy a lot throughout the separation and before and during the marriage. And so for me, it's been more about understanding like, I have character defects mm-hmm. that that were there before I got sober that are still here. And so regardless of anyone else, what anyone else does to me, whether it's my ex-wife or my in-laws or my mom or my dad, whoever, like I have things that I have to work on in order to fix and repair relationships and myself. And so like, I didn't just realize like when I walked into a dark room with Nick Vial that I had to talk about these mm-hmm. things. Right. Yeah. And I've had to talk about them before. And honestly, like I've talked to them, to my ex-wife before, you know, when we're trying to repair some of this stuff, a lot of that is, is like opening up and saying, look, I've been wrong. Here's what I've done wrong. Like I need to work on these things. And so I've also spent a lot of time in therapy, like in recovery rooms, right? I've done, I've run group therapy, I've done interventions. And so when I walked into that room and saw You're like, chair, I'm riding home. I was like, oh, damn. You're shit. like, I got this. Do that, this doesn't scare me. Like, we're going to get vulnerable. Let's give, let me go first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seriously. But, and, 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 here's the thing. Like I, I, the way that I handled that situation is those are all things that I was going to tell Katie. I think those Mm -hmm. are things that Katie needed to know about me. Any woman needs to know why I failed at marriage. Um, if I'm going to be in a serious relationship with her. And so what I did is I just turned the blinders on and I looked right at her, like we're on a one-on-one and I told her, uh, now I did get emotional. And I think that part of that is just, I haven't talked a lot about the kids. Mm. Um, I haven't talked a lot about the effect on the kids Mm. and therapy with other people. And that combined with missing them and like not being there, it it killed me. I mean, it kills me right now. Um, I, 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 I love them more than anything in this world. And to think that like, I've done something that, will affect them forever. And in a potentially negative way is it's hard. It's a hard thing. I I think what I have to focus on though, is that moving forward, like I have control over how I handle things now. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that's more impactful than the divorce. I think that the after effects of a divorce is, is what can fuck people up. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, like I, I, I try to remember that. I try yeah. to focus Yeah, I mean, I think about, you know, uh, in my family's divorce, you know, I was older, but <clears throat> my little sister, I'm like, if my father, you know, we're all human. Like, sometimes marriages don't work. Sometimes we make mistakes and it just, and, and, and separating is the best uh, option for not only the partners, but also for the children. I was thinking when you were, when you were talking, I was like, if I, if my dad would have spoken openly the way that you did and had acknowledgement about, you know, his, uh, his 
actions and also just the reality of like, <clears throat> I love your mom. I love you. And, and just yeah. the way that you communicated it, that would be so healing. And that's then way bigger to me and way more positively impactful to me as a child. Yeah. Uh, rather than just seeing my mom and dad trying to struggle through it, not making it work versus being like, this is just how it is. We're both human. Yeah. We tried our best. These are the, like, these are the, the mistakes that I made. Um, and so I feel like having a, a father like that for your, for your children is just wonderful. Okay, broads, one more pause. Listen, serious question for all of you lovely listeners. When is the last time you treated yourself to a new mattress? If the answer is somewhere along the lines of when I moved into my first apartment in 2008, baby, it is time for an upgrade. We spend so much time sleeping and the quality of our sleep seriously affects the quality of our days. Investing into a mattress that is going to get you the best rest ever is 100% worth it. Um, when I got my Helix, I have to say best bedroom upgrade ever. So happy I spent the money on that. It's changed my sleeping, which has in turn changed my life. One of the things that's really cool about Helix is that they built their company around the fact that bodies are also different. So why shouldn't our mattresses be super different? What I sleep best on, you might not sleep best on. So it's all about what finding what's going to suit your body. So to do that, Helix, they have you take a quick online quiz it's going to ask you simple questions to help determine which mattress will be your best match. They're going to ask you, like, what position do you sleep in? Do you sleep hot or cold? The basics. But in this situation, the basics really matter. And a lot of companies don't cover those basic questions when determining what mattress you should get. Mm -hmm. After you get matched with the mattress of your dreams, it will be shipped right to your door for free which is wild. Uh, of course, buying a mattress online can seem like a big jump, but Helix is so confident you'll love the mattresses. You'll get to try it for 100 nights, completely risk-free. 100 nights. If you don't love it, no problem, but trust us, you're going to love it. They have such good mattresses. Oh my goodness. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash chatty. That's helixsleep.com slash chatty for $200 off and two free pillows. So in the last few years, we've seen uh, more of a focus on women's pleasure and people with vulvas pleasure take more of a front seat. And I think I speak for all of us when I say it's about damn time. But the coolest part has been to see the acceptance of needing a little boost in the bedroom if that's what you're looking for. There is no shame in bringing backup. God knows there are about a million reasons that your sex life could be lagging. Stress at work, overpacked schedule, hormonal fluctuations. There's so much that could cause things to just not happen the way you're wanting them to. Uh, but you just need one brand, honestly, to help you make them right again. And that's Foria. So Foria was created with the single mission to close the pleasure gap. Their line of all natural products is really perfect for use with a partner and for a little bit of self-love, which ultimately that's the best form of self-care. Mm -hmm. Foria, Foria's formulas are made with 100% organic, all natural, sustainably grown ingredients to give people what they need to fully embody their most sensual selves the way nature intended. So there's a ton of amazing products to choose from, like the sex oil that has 400 milligrams of broad spectrum CBD and it enhances pleasure and it increases relaxation and comfort. I love the Awaken Arousal Oil. It's actually their cult favorite that also has broad spectrum CBD plus nine plant-based aphrodisiacs that work in parallel with your body to enhance pleasure and ease discomfort. 
And broads, you should honestly read the reviews and stories from Foria, like truly life-changing stuff. For example, one of the reviews is, I love this product. Being menopausal and all the discomforts that come with it made sexual intimacy uncomfortable. This product has taken the discomfort away and has brought back the sexy back into the bedroom again. And I look forward to making love again. This product is great. Or this review that I saw, um, fabulous, most powerful orgasms I've ever had. Never knew sex could be so wonderful at my age of 74. I love that. Foria is out here doing just the best work. We love this company. Dare Amazing. I say the Lord's work. The Lord's work, indeed. <laughs> Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash chatty or use code chatty at checkout. That's www.foria, spelled F-O-R-I-A, wellness.com slash chatty for 20% off your first order. So do yourself a favor. Try their Awaken Arousal Oil or Sex Oil. You'll thank us later. Foria Wellness. Yeah. And I, and I reached out, I reached out to, you know, my parents weren't divorced. Um, but I reached out to some friends that went through that and I was like, I need to talk to you about this because I I need to know, like, what could, what could have been better for you? Like what, what would have made this easier? And so, you know, a lot of people ask about like the divorce and like the money thing and splitting all that. And like, did you get screwed over and things like that? And I, I, it was hard, right. The, the, the whole mediation process and all that was hard, but at the end of the day, it's like, if, if my ex-wife, the mother of my children is the one that's prospering or getting things from this, like if that's the worst case scenario, then that's not a bad thing. Right. I mm-hmm. want her to have a good life. I want her to be happy. I want her to be able to show them what joy is. And so I I've tried really hard to focus on the after effects. Cause like you said, I think that's what, what matters. Did you find like a common answer, like a common theme in people's answers of like what, like what could have helped them like in processing their yeah. own parents' divorce? It was always something along the lines of dad, not talking Ooh. bad about mom and vice versa. Yep. I, I kind of thought that that might, that might uh-huh. be it. Because, because, and there's so many elements to that, right? There's, it's not necessarily, I don't want to throw around gaslighting that because it's a popular term lately. Um, It's, but it's this like passive aggressive, like, oh, well, I'm sure your mother would do that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, and as the kids get older, they start learning those behaviors. And then what happens, I feel like is that not only do they see that resentment that they yeah, that the dad has yeah. towards mom but then they start learning that that's how to deal with with conflict that's how to deal with resentment that's how to deal with breakups yeah and 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 what ends up happening is i feel like kids get raised in this environment where it's okay to be resentful towards your ex partner yeah. yeah 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 and and i mean i'm i'm not a counselor but i feel like that is is a is a huge issue because then you're going to end up emulating that and then you're just going to perpetuate this problem. No, it's that. I mean, that's it's so true. Not I think that's a really good point, too, about learning that as like a communication thing and like not processing that resentment or aggression or whatever it is. And that is and you're right. It can show up in really subtle forms of like, oh, you think you can like you think I'm going to let you watch tv for four hours well i'm not your mom so mm-hmm. you know it's like there's like or, it's very subtle 
or money things or uh, yeah. You know, when mom starts seeing a guy or when dad starts seeing a woman, then there's even more relationship stuff that comes up. And I think that like you can be a really good parent and teach your kids about morals and not stealing and blah, 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 blah. But if you're not acting as a good example for them, they're going to, they're going to see all that and do that no matter what you teach them. And Mm -hmm. so, so for, I think it just spreads. Like, it's like almost like wildfire. So you can either have a positive fire or you can have a really negative fire. And so like, when I talk about the kid's mother, I talk about her in a very uplifting and encouraging sense. I, I try to say, gosh, did you, you know, mommy's worked so hard for you guys this week. Like, can you imagine how, how hard she's worked? You know, because mm-hmm. why, why would I want to like bring her down? You know, what? So, yeah. Yeah. That's because that's not only taking that out on your ex-partner. It's also taking it out on your children, like you're saying. And it's not not fair to them. And if I have a problem with her, which let's be There's always problems. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to paint myself as an angel. Behind closed doors, we 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 have our discussions sure, sure. and disagreements, but the kids do not need to be involved in that. Mm-hmm. No, and look, I mean, people who are in love and currently partnered with each other have disagreements and you know arguments all the time. Yeah. Much less when you're trying to navigate co-parenting and yeah. you know back and forth situations. Like that's it's that can't be easy. So, yeah. props to the both of you though for. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not easy. It's, it's, and I'm not, you know, I've never done this. I don't know anything about it. I mean, it's, it's all new to me too. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I so appreciate you being willing to be vulnerable and talk about it on the show because like Becca was saying, it was definitely one of, to me, the highlights of the whole season, especially because we hadn't, we hadn't seen that conversation that I can recall on the show that was like ownership, uh, love towards an ex-partner, um, all of those things. I just don't feel like we had had a really open conversation about that. And I feel like it is so real for so many people. I know yeah. for myself, I literally walked away like from watching the episode and got into like a two hour long conversation with Evan where in your conversation, you helped me snap back into gear because I had been it had been like two months of me being very consumed with like things outside of my relationship with my husband and my child. Just thinking like, let's work to get this. Let's work to get this. And after hearing your conversation, I was like, we have to sit down and talk because I feel like I've been putting my husband and my child to the side in order to do something that I think's better for them. But let me actually sit and ask you what is better for you? And so I appreciate you talking about that because it started a very necessary conversation in my house. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's important. I, I I had a lot of messages to that same, um, in in that same light, right. That's, Oh my gosh, this is me. Like, but we haven't got a divorce yet. I better do something quick. Right. Right. Not to mention like, there, there were conversations that I've had too with gray where, um, you know he's talked about like i want to make sure the kids can like go to summer camp and that they can have piano lessons and like all this and like this is what i'm working towards and this is why i want to like you know build my career and all that and you know we had a discussion kind of early on where 
I was like, okay, now I want to just acknowledge there are times when parents have all the time in our country where parents have to work their fucking asses off mm -hmm. 60 hours a week to like put food on the table and make sure their kids just have like childcare and like basically basic needs. Mm -hmm. So like putting that aside, like a quick acknowledgement, but yeah, putting absolutely. that aside, I'm like, Gray, are the kids going to look back at their childhood and be like, I'm so glad we got to do summers in Mexico. I'm so glad that I got to do tennis like after school. Mm, fuck no. Like what they're going to remember is their dad like picking them up from school and like being home and playing games with them on the living room floor. It's not all the other bullshit. It's not. It's like, the Facebook effect. I'm telling yeah, you. It's totally. This, this thing where we see, we see other families that are so happy and they're perfect. And, and we get this idea of like what happiness and perfection is, at least for me. And then I try to emulate that. And at the end of the day, like no one is their filtered self. No, like right. I, 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 we, we, we sit here and like we post videos and stuff and we edit them and we filter them. And then we have these drafts, right. And the drafts are all the shitty versions. Right. But we're living a draft. We're just afraid yeah. to admit it. And I think yeah. like, as a society, we've got to be better at that. And me especially, right? Like, I mean, I'm hypocritical. I'm the guy on TikTok, right? But I think it's it's important to recognize that because it's like you said, the kids aren't going to remember how much their camp was. They're going to remember dad wrestling with them. In the exactly. That's mm -hmm. that's what I remember. I remember my dad chasing yeah. us around the house with like a robe over his head. Yeah. You know, it's like that's, those, are the, those are the moments that matter. Yeah, it's and and I I just I really have to do better at that. Um, I we do. all do. We all do. Yeah, we all do. That's Join like, the club. That is the constant reminder that really what matters at the end of the day. And like you were saying too, even with the Facebook effect, it's like you know this is what some people's life looks like and they're happy because of it, but I'm not some people I'm me. So like everything's going to be different for each individual family. That's going to look very different. Yeah. And I can't like try to copy paste someone else's joy and what their reality looks like for what's healthiest for me and my family. Yeah. And the, and the fact is, is that there's someone that's looking at, at my pictures yeah. and, they're, and they're saying this guy is, he is so happy. Like he's mm -hmm. the happiest man in the world. He's got everything he needs. And then like, I might be dying inside. Yeah, <laughs> it's, totally. It's, I mean, it, and I'm not, I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying that like, you can never go off of that stuff. No. It's not real. No. And no. even people's vulnerability, my own, other people's, the rawness and the realness, that's all still curated. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, there's like, that's, that's unavoidable, right? Like, no, we're not all going to be posting about when, you know, you have diarrhea for four days and your Diet. husband's and your Diet. husband. <laughs> I think it's called Daya. Daya. Yeah. <laughs> and your husband's, you know, screaming at you because you left the stove on. Like, no, not everyone like I'm is like, going to share all like, that shit. Are you shit. talking about me? <laughs> and like for that's good. Some, that's some good vulnerability. That's um, a <laughs> good like, blog. Yeah. <laughs> let's be real. It's like, yeah. are we all going to share the shitty moments of our life all the time? Like, no. And it's not realistic to expect that people only share the moment, the shitty moments of their life. Like, yeah. you know, we we it's 
since since your online presence is curated, it's all going to be curated. But I think it is important to remember it when you are, like you said, looking at other people and being like, yeah, even these like raw and real vulnerable people like, no, you're not seeing like the argument that kept them and their boyfriend up until three o'clock in the morning. Like, mm. no, no <laughs> one wants to, you know, no one wants to talk about that shit for a good reason. It's private, you know, but um, it's important to remember for sure. Yeah, totally. So. Is there anything else that you felt like on the show that you either that didn't air that you wished had aired or that or a moment that you wish you could have had a conversation about that you didn't? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Tourette's thing is, is. Uh, oh, yeah. yes. Please talk about this. It's uh, and I have guys, I have five minutes. Um, so, oh, my but, goodness. Okay. But, okay. but so the Tourette's thing, I. I <laughs> It's weird because at first, like, it didn't seem to get aired a lot. It seemed like it was almost blocked out. And um, as I became more of a villain, I think it was a little more audible. And I don't know if that was on purpose or not. And it doesn't matter. But what matters is that, like, I've thought about this a lot. And this is something that I grew up with. It used to be really bad. I mean, I'd run up and down the basketball court flailing my arms around because that was my tick. Like, I had really bad ticks. And I've gotten control of them somewhat. Um, and I've thought a lot about like, man, I wish they wouldn't have showed that because I can remember. I mean, I like there's articles that are written out that are still out there. For all, they'll always be out there. Like one says, like, eliminate him. He's disgusting America with his snorts, like just these really bad like looks. Um, but the more I think about it, I'm I'm glad that that stuff aired and here's why and I, only because i was able to explain it and katie actually called it out and now people understand there's so many kids out there so many people out there but kids and in, in specifically that that live with this and that mm-hmm. people don't understand like neurodivergence and like how many people deal with this and i can't tell you how many parents have dm me and said like my son watches you on the show and he has Tourette's and he does exactly what you do. And now like he, like, he's okay. He's more okay with mm-hmm. it. Cause you do it. And like, that's so, that's so weird. Cause I'm no one, but I love the fact that like that that's getting out there because I think people need to know, especially kids like different does not mean less mm-hmm. when, when there's something that you have uh, that's different than other people whether you're on the spectrum or you have some sort of disability or whatever it is, like that is not less, that is different. And Mm -hmm. so for me, I'm glad that it was out there. I want for kids to understand that like people like you can go and do great things. You can be on TV. You can be on a goofy reality show. You can do whatever you want because you're not less, you're just different. And so I'm glad that it aired. I just, I wish that there could have been a conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And thankful I'm glad that you've started a conversation about it online too. I think that that's so important. Yeah, again, I it's it just goes back to like we need to have conversations about these things. It's very uncomfortable. Um I hate that I do it. I I tried to I and this is kind of cringy for some people, but I went on Twitter and I tried to respond to all these tweets about the snorts just saying, "Hey, look, like right, I'm right, right. I know that it's gross." 
Like, mm-hmm. I, I know, like I hate it's, but I guarantee you, I hate it way, way worse than you do. It's way more of an inconvenience for me than it ever will be for you. And I, I didn't do that to like set a trap and make them feel bad. I just did it because they need to understand like right. next time they go to make fun of someone for doing that or call them gross or a freak or punchable. <laughs> um, understand that like sometimes people can't control actions like that. Right. And so before you say things like that, maybe think about it. And that's kind of what I want to get out there. Hmm. Everyone's coming from a different place and you never know what place yeah. they're coming from. Yeah, Absolutely. So do you have 30 seconds before you have to go? I do. This do you, is when I would have put on my oversized green Hawaiian shirt. that He I was served. trying to get a shirt from four stores he went to to try to do it. I served <laughs> high and low to try to match that We shirt. so appreciate it. Hunter was on our live the other night, guys. So, you know, super fan. I We have so many more questions that we want to ask you, but can we do some superlatives real quick from other guys from your cast? Yes. Do you like rapid fire? Okay. Best all around. Connor B. Connor B. Okay. Biggest flirt. Andrew S. <laughs> Class clown. Uh, Trey. Life of the part. Trey's so Trey. Life of the party. Brendan. 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 Really? <laughs> Most athletic. Mike P. Mm. Okay. Most likely to succeed. Mm. Um, Andrew M. Hmm. Oh yeah, we didn't see a lot of Andrew M. Got him. Most unforgettable. Say yourself. <laughs> My, Michael A. Oh yeah. Mm. And best smile. John Hersey. Oh, we love John. Those are great rapid fire. You Glad had the answers. We so appreciate you coming on and we could talk to you for a very long time. I know the bros are dying to get you on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They'll ask the questions that we want to know more of uh, the other questions we want to yeah, know. We'll yes. get into some of the fun stuff, but we, so thank you so much for coming on and being Y'all. so willing to be vulnerable and talk about all of this. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. Really do. I love you guys so much. I do. We're going to have, Hey, this is just the beginning. This is yes. just the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Love we're gonna, it. We're going to have a lot of fun. Thank I you so much, it. Hunter. This was awesome. All right. You guys have a good day. Well, that was such a nice... Con- I mean, what a... A lovely human being. I'm not going to lie to you. I like actually kind of totally forgot about his... About that moment with him and Katie until he started talking, and I was like, "Oh my god!" That moment of like him opening up when he was in like the Nick circle and all that got really overshadowed by like the rest of him on the season, which felt so unfair well, in a and way. And that was like that that moment with him uh, with Katie. I remember you and I. We obviously talked about it on the podcast, but just one on one, you you and I alone were like, "Wow, this is one of the best conversations." Like. So mature, so mature, so re- like so relatable too. Where it was like you could really just include so many nuggets of that in really yeah. like any relationship conversation. And then yeah, and then all of a sudden you see this like really vulnerable, incredible side of Hunter. And then 
you know, the rest of the season continued and he was portrayed a certain way, even though you and I, again, we the whole time were it was like, like, whatever, this is, just, this is drama. This is guys getting like, you know, butt hurt about the fact that like Katie's talking more to Hunter than they are, <laughs> to, you know, to mob boss or whatever. Um, but I mean, I'm obviously he had a he had a, a limited amount of time, but I definitely want to we have to have him on again. We The bros have to talk to him um, I just, yeah, I could talk well, to him forever. I want to I know about, like, cause he mentioned the pit, a ga- Game of Roses reference. He is talking about Reddit. I'm like, okay, this guy, how long has Hunter been watching The Bachelor? I These are the know, questions that I, I need the bros know, to get to the yes, bottom Yes, I want the bros to ask him what his favorite season of The Bachelor and Bachelorette are, who his favorite players are. Was he trying to... Even though the bros are going to totally botch that, because it's not like they've watched enough Bachelor <laughs> to even say, be able to keep up with the conversation, like, so maybe not. Evan's watched two seasons. <laughs> exactly. Could, Grayston, fan as of 2019. Uh, but we could have him back on the pod, too, and, and ask him a million questions I know on the live the bros were talking about having Hunter's hot takes see if he'd be down to do a regular like five minute call in kind of love that kind of iconic I love his takes now I do also find it a bit ironic that like Hunter showed that moment of like that moment that we were just talking about and then how he sort of ended up getting portrayed as this villain and it's kind of wild how someone else who is a fan favorite in the end had such a hard time taking responsibility for his actions and his fault in the relationship. And it's just very interesting to me that that's the person that got glorified so hard. And like Hunter showed to me like some of the best like responsibility taking in terms of reflection on like his part and fault in the relationship. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Agreed. Even in the men tell all, and I was going to bring this up to him and I forgot in the men tell all, I think anyone who had certain opinions about Hunter because of his edit on the show could really see in the men tell all that it was just like Hunter is so not that way. Mm. He was Hunter on the mental all was so it was almost like was Hunter there because he was so laid back and Relaxed, chill. Yeah. And when everyone else was fighting about all this, this, this and that Hunter was just kind of like, yeah, you know, it was it was a bummer that this got portrayed this way and da, 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 da. and was just he owned he owned his shit. And he I mean, it was very evident all there also too, And I will always remember this moment when all the guys rallied together to call Hunter out to Katie at the cocktail party and like was pulling Katie aside. Well, Hunter, well, Hunter. And then Katie sat down with Hunter, told him that the men were saying all those things. And then we saw him approach the guys and he didn't say anything to the guys. He was like, yeah, it's unfortunate that she, uh, she feels that way. And I'm like, if I would have been Hunter, I would have been like, you, 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 I thought we were friends. Like, I would have I, I come barreling out just being so tweaked. It's just having a conversation with him is it is always like this is just a good reminder, you know, again. And obviously we have a grand old time theorizing about a reality TV show, but that is what it is. It's a reality TV show. You only see certain parts. You have a conversation with Hunter finding all these things out about him that we did not see. Now, do you think when he was talking about like that was, can we just pontificate on what he was talking about when he was talking about that conversation about the top four and all that? He was like, they're the impression I got. It was like, there was some serious contextual pieces missing my guess is maybe the conversation wasn't started by him on that couch 
and that's, that's what, what we saw. Too. Like he said, it's like everyone, like you were saying, everyone in the house is talking about who's going how far. Do you think such and such? Do you think he's Katie's favorite? Do you think he'll make it to hometowns? I mean, everybody's talking about that. How are you not? <sighs> also, You're on reality TV. There are cameras everywhere and producers are pulling you aside. How are you not having also, those conversations? Also, it's one of those things, like if you're going to fault and fault someone for that and hold that against them and like use that as proof of them not having feelings like to me that just shows like an insecurity in your relationship with the lead like of it course. does not what does it matter to you if that person is like is is creating graphs and charts to determine their odds of like making it to the next week like you're just all sitting around like having tons of time free time on your hands to just think and an- overanalyze everything yeah it's i guess it's the whole so like weird. there for the wrong reasons but type i think that's such concept. a projection of it's, someone's insecurity it's such a projection because also too it's like okay so what if someone knows a lot about the show do you think do you really think I don't care how much you know about the show. I don't care how much of an expert you are. If the lead is not attracted to you and does not have chemistry with you, it doesn't matter. Right. You can't fake, like, either you have chemistry or you don't. Right. That's it. There's something or there isn't. Exactly. You can't fully, man. you can't create someone's attraction to you. Right. No, you can you can figure out how to know how to play the game longer sure. to get screen time and to end up maybe, you know, playing a certain role so that you're you get to like top six or top five because producers find you to be entertaining. Sure. But as far as like if you are if you're the person who's really there for the right reasons, why are you mad if they continue on and get to like top five? If the lead doesn't have attraction with them or chemistry with them, excuse me, then it it doesn't mean anything. Unless the person's like seriously like kind of how it was for Luke P. Like unless that person's like showing themselves to be a liar. Sure. Like, you know, and straight up because I do believe there is a time and place to be like you know, yo, this person's talking smack on you, like to the other guys, or like this person's like lying blatantly oh, about this and this. Oh no, one thousand percent. There like, are a hundred percent reasons when you're like, hey, when you heads up, when you're not around, this person is literally like, I don't even like them, or like this person has a girlfriend or whatever. Like that's course, the kind of stuff where I'm course. like, yeah, look out for the lead and let them know. But like in a Jed situation, yeah, it's like he left a girlfriend back home. Please tell the lead. Yes, sure. But then, did Jed ever drop his podcast? He Yes, he did. <laughs> Jed dropped his podcast and he legit said that I can't talk about it right now because basically he hinted at lawsuits. And he's like, maybe one day I'll talk about it, but I can't. And then How he started he? his podcast and but, it was like a way to hook, line, and sink us into listening to it. And he didn't explain anything. But also, can The Bachelor sue him if he's for, I, I guess I don't know. Can they sue him for that stuff past contract? I wonder. I didn't think so, but maybe. Maybe it goes. Maybe it goes beyond the Bachelor. This lawsuit. You think it has to do with like Hannah or something? I don't know. Jeez. Because you what? You only have a certain amount of time that you're on contract, right? A year. You don't. You don't sign in blood for the rest of your life. Right. This isn't hell. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like you have a year, right? Or even let's just say even two. Yeah, no, it's definitely only a year, so... And he didn't go on Paradise, so it's not like his contract was extended. Which, for Paradise, they only get extended six more months. Not even a full year from Paradise. Yeah, uh, it seems like 
it seems like one of two things. Either so one, use, like, he slandering. was lying because he and tried to make it sound like a contract, but then he like backed out and he didn't want to maybe open the floodgates of of hell. <laughs> think about this. Think if he's fully he's fully bullshitting. Let's just say, okay, he had a girlfriend, he screwed Hannah over, and now he's figured out over the past, you know, two years how to spin it in a way to make people feel bad for him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he was thinking about doing that. And then he heard maybe from Hannah or whatever, like, I'll release this shit if you decide to go on your podcast. And then he's going to be like, a, I can't talk about it legally and spin it that way. Or there are other things at work that might involve a lawsuit. Yeah, maybe it was like, maybe it was a possibility of slander for from Hannah or from his ex-girlfriend or like, could be that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, that was a random aside, but... Yeah, I think in like in the Hunter situation, it was like, is that really something to like notify the lead about or try to get someone kicked off for? Like, no, no. By the way, on our live, uh, which is now officially it's deceased, it's gone. Our chatty broads live has now left the building. Yeah, hope you guys got in on it. Well, hope you you enjoyed it. But uh, but during our live, apparently in the chat, so Hunter was in the chat, but apparently. People were saying Sweet Nums was also in the chat, which there's no way. It was obviously a username. A username. Same thing with Tyler Cameron. Listen, I wish Tyler Cameron and Sweet Nums were in the chat. Yeah, maybe then they could hype us up, give us give us some more listeners or something. But it was definitely a fake username. I would have loved to have a little chatty chat with Sweet Nums. Don't think we haven't tried. Same. Sweet Nums is not. Uh, Sweet Nums is not abroad, unfortunately. Sweet Nums is not here for us. Damn it. We really did our best at the current time. Now, the question is, when Bachelor, uh, the Bachelor now starts this whole senior franchise, the question is... Will she be hosting? Will she be hosting? (laughs) Will it be one of Sweet Nums' friends? I'm envisioning someone... Maybe Matt's mom will be on the show. Love that. Someone uh, has to be connected to the Bachelor franchise, but I do deeply believe in my in my being that it will be one of Sweet Num's friends, and that they will be involved somehow in being in Sweet Num's being like, "This is my friend Sherry. She's been looking for a guy for a really long time." Like that is what I believe will be happening. You know what we actually have to do? We have to get a we have to get someone so that they can. We we have to draft up formal requests for these people, guest requests, which we've never done. Uh, you know what? I think that maybe the best way, honestly, is just a. I believe truly the best way is a reach out in the DMs. I really do. I think a conversation in the DMs mm. is truly the way to go. Maybe I tend to disagree though, because like I can't always see people's DMs and like. No one, like relatively few people reach out in emails and then you get a formal like, True. hello, I'm pro- I'm a producer for this show. Would you like to come on True. these dates? They'd love to Do you know what you. I feel like that might create though? At least it would for me. Let's just say I've been listening to a podcast where they had been, you know, sometimes saying nice things about me, sometimes talking smack. And then I just get a formal reach out from a producer. I'm quaking and I might not go on it because I'm like, sure. are they about to line me up and screw me over? Mm. Like I'm shaking mm. versus like if, 
someone were to reach out to me if I were to see it and they'd be real sneaky. in the DMs then it'd be kind of like hey we'd love to have you on the podcast I'd feel a little bit more like okay this is a friendly extension a friendly offer versus like what am I about to say yes to I think it's powerful to do both at the same time I think it's sometimes okay, yeah. the casual reach outs a little like whatever I think just being like hey we hey my producer emailed you and I just wanted to follow up but if you up, do we'd it love simultaneously then if they check the email and then look at the DMs to see has this person ever reached out to me then you're like oh they they did personally reach out and it was nice Okay, the double trouble. <laughs> I see what you're saying. The double trouble I could do. I want to talk to Pete. Okay. I'm ready. I am ready, mind, body, and soul. I was not ready for a long time to talk to Pete, and I am ready now to talk what to Pete. What do you want to talk to? I just want to talk to Pete about like partying. I want, I actually, to be honest, if I had to choose between two, I would rather the bros do golf with Pete where they're um, snorting cocaine and shotgunning <laughs> beers the entire time. Yeah. What about the bros party with Pete and we talk to Jason? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Jason has some hot takes lately. Dude, Jason's reels have been hot, hot fire. The reel that he posted the other I day know, I was dying. where people were like, he was imitating people being like, why isn't Caitlin there? <laughs> Oh, he was killing me. I'm like, man, this okay, this guy's shady. We can hang. We can he's, hang. He's been spicy. Used to be a hater, but you're right. You have swayed me to the other side. Now I'm like, all right, props. I, I am I am on the side of Jason. And honestly, I think that the best thing that ever happened to this franchise is now that Caitlin is one of the presidents, aka mm. the host, and that uh that Jason then is simultaneously, since she is one of the Madame presidents, he is simultaneously one of the first gentlemen. Mm. And so now he's really one of the heads of this show. So he can really say whatever the fuck he wants to. <sighs> I know. And he's been really subversive with his content. Yes, so he I'm has. into it. <laughs> There's been a lot of underlying feelings in a lot of his posts. Well, all right. I'm sure tomorrow's bros episode is going to be amazing. I'm and, very excited uh, yeah. for this bros episode because honestly, um, uh, Evan really won't know half of these people. So what you amazing. will be receiving is um, Evan just being like, yeah, they seem nice. Like he will have like some very uninformed, pure takes about certain people just being like, that person seems cool. That person's nice, especially with with this first episode. And I'd be like, he doesn't know. He walked by me watching it and he's like, I, he's like, I don't know a single person on the screen. <laughs> I'm like, cool. That'll be interesting. Gray knew a lot more people than I expected him to. Well, actually. he's been watching. He's been keeping up. He's been watching with you and he watched Claire and Tasha's season and he watched a good did he watch Pilot Pete season two? He did. Yeah. So he a really. A chunk of it at least. He he truly knows most all the people on the sand. So he's going to really have to be informing his co-host, Evan, what the hell is going on and, and how we feel about certain people. <laughs> it's going to be good. Oh, it'll and be he great. Watched, he watched the last season of Paradise actually too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gray's okay. actually pretty and fairly informed. Oh, so he's very informed. Okay. Yeah, so Gray's going to have to bring on the education and Evan's just going to have to figure out how to also follow along. Colton season? I can't remember. He might have. You know, I think Evan watched Colton season with me. He definitely he, oh, no, recapped he an episode. Evan did watch. Yes. he Evan watched Colton season because he was in love with Elise. I will never forget that because I said, you have my blessing that if we ever divorce or I die... Um, and Elise is interested in you. She seems wonderful. And now it's transferred to Serena. And now he's in love with Serena. 
It is what it is. Can't it is what it is. Um, all right. Okay, broads. Well, we love you all. Thank you again so much, Hunter, for coming on. We love you, Hunter. We love you, Hunter. We can't wait to chat with you again soon. And uh, we'll chat soon, broads. And we will chat soon. <laughs> 